Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Cairns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. Oh, yeah. Fun little side fact. Was at a show at Bonnaroo, and they were playing this song, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, I think Van Halen is good. I'm not super Van Halen fan, but for the entire performance, it wasn't a Van Halen. It was a, another band. I think it was Trey covering it, and I was fucking screaming, Animal! So make yourself vulnerable. Realize you make mistakes. And yes, you are listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Yes, this episode features Jim Dumas, Fat Bassett Designs. We came to learn to Jim through the work he's doing with Medusa. I was a big, big fan of Greek mythology back in the day. I loved all those stories, loved the, the interconnectivity of it. And uh, Medusa was a scary woman. She was, uh, you did not fuck. Medusa ain't nothing to fuck with. Medusa ain't nothing to fuck with. Sorry, folks. So... Really excited. This is a good episode because, you know, Jim and I have been kind of, uh, you know, collaborating and bouncing stuff off each other for a while, you know, and just really, uh, he's been a huge, you know, kind of support and I dig what he's doing. He's, um, he's a big advocate for, you know, adopting of animals, ready for adoption with his, uh, you know, best buddy project that we talk about, talk about his design process. He's a, he's a vet, former school teacher. I mean, Worked at Sam Adams, now he's doing his own thing. It's a crazy story. You know, talking about inspiration, you know, you know, his wife and partner, you know, support from her and just kind of, uh, you know, the virtual smack in the back of the head, like, hey, do what you love and, you know, that's where you'll be. And so it's, it's a good story. I think you're going to take a lot away from it. And uh, I think that, you know, the human condition is wonderful when you hear these stories. Because you never really know where you are in life, and we don't know that either. We just kind of, we just bring it to you. So I'm hoping you're going to dig this. I think it's a really good episode. FatBassettDesign.com. You're listening to 16 Ounce Canvas. 16OZCanvas.com. 16OZCanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to check out TheArtOfCraftBeer.com. It is going to be fucking awesome. We have eight artists. We've got a live painting happening. We have artwork from you know other great designers who cannot be there. Special wall for that. We have next level food trucks. We have live music, and it's in one of the greatest places in this world, Maine. And so we're really excited to to bring that to you. So check it out, theartofcraftbeer.com, one six ozcanvas.com, and you know. Shameless plug, but buy some of those glasses, 16ozcanvas.com backslash store. Let's get into it. Animal. Animal. Ho, ho. Yeah, you know you love it. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Fair Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today Jim Dumas, checking in from Situate, Massachusetts, we will not hold that against him, but I'm really just excited to have uh, Jim be a part of the project. We came to learn of his work that he does with his business, Fat Bassett uh, Designs, and he's also done some work with Medusa Brewing uh, in Massachusetts as well, but we will we will get to that shortly. So thanks again, Jim, so much for, for joining us. Uh, I really appreciate the support, and just having you be a, you know, be a part of the project was, uh, was a no-brainer. 
Oh, likewise. I, I appreciate you, you know, having me on and kind of bringing light to this side of the of the craft beer industry. You know, I, I say it's such a small community, but it's a community that has a voice. I appreciate you kind of giving us that voice. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm really like I I've said before, and you know, apologies for being redundant, but yeah, when we first started it, we didn't really realize the the reach and scope of what we've been doing, and we've you know in the last few months it's kind of really skyrocketed we have a just a queue of artists we have to reach out to or are reaching out to and it's uh it's really been wonderful so yeah i I totally i really agree and i take a lot of pride in it and i I see cans and labels i see them more as the people than i do the the beer inside of it which is kind of a weird for me coming from a you know a beer lover background but it's been awesome no that's cool because that's a different way to look at it as opposed to just kind of looking at the can face value. You're actually thinking about you're you're thinking about the same way that I feel like a lot of designers look at them, like who's the person behind this, who did this, who you know, what did they put into this, what time did they put into this, um, what's their backstory? Like I think about all that stuff. I, I find that not a whole lot of people do. Uh, like a good example is like I I was I was dating my wife. We were at a bar, and behind the bar, there's the same Adam's tap handle that I designed. And kind of like the, you know, kind of put myself up a bit. I kind of nudged her. I said, see that? I designed that. And she looked at me. She's like, I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So it's just, it's just me and maybe a few others that really care about this stuff. But, um, yeah, there, there's, you know, there's, there's something within it that, you know, makes you kind of dig a little bit deeper. The same way conspiracy theorists start taking so i appreciate that well good yeah i'm glad so let's uh yeah this is the my not my favorite part of the interview but like it's good you know it's good for me to make you know just to sit back and kind of get situated here where you have to just talk about yourself and just be really uncomfortable for a while so this is that's now let's yeah i'm just giving yeah yeah good good lead into (laughs) that you know but you know what's you know jim what's your story you know um you know yeah just kind of uh take us down memory lane you know, also just really quick, um, you know, uh, Fat Bastard Design is a, is a veteran-owned business, so we just want to, you know, publicly thank you for your, you know, your service. You know, it's really, really important to, to recognize that, and we're really proud to have, have had, uh, several veterans, you know, be a part of the project. And so just uh, just wanted to, you know, thank you for that. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Really, that, that means a lot. Anytime, anytime that, you know, kind of is, you know, out in the open, um, I'm always appreciative when somebody extends their hand, and likewise, you know, I yeah. try to do the same. So thank you very much. Yeah, I do love I do love the old old you know vets who wear those hats, and I from a design perspective, I'm always like they're so hideous looking, but I do love them because you see them in the stores and you see see them out and they're or whatever, and it's just an, you know, it's just a way you know I hope others do it, but I always make sure I you know I'll even go like if I see them across a store or across wherever I'm at, you know, just like I'll go over there and you know thank thank them and. Sometimes they're kind of taken aback, like, how did you know that? I'm like, dude, you're wearing a hat. But it's uh, it's, it's always surprising. It's always yeah. shocking. Like, I'll, I'll, if I'm in a coffee shop, I'll buy him a cup of coffee. If yeah. I'm behind the line. Uh, it's just, just uh, I mean, it's the, the least I you know I could do you know, for you know, what they did. Talk right. about those hats are so hideous, but it's brand recognition. I know, but it's like, there, I'm like, I'm that. like, yeah. Jesus. I'm like, some of our, you know, we had some good designers come from a veteran background. They, yeah. should, have been, <laughs> they should have been like giving them at least like, you know, five hours a month to work on some designs for, for for the work but yeah those hats are hideous but they're necessary and they uh they serve their purpose so 
So that's still not going to get you off, you know, veteran owner or not, you're still up now and this is your time to uh, talk about yourself. So let's, let's see what you Shit, get to. I was hoping we could kind of yeah. hear us off. You're not going to get any, else. no special treatment here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, I don't know how far back to go, but um, like I'm originally from uh, Framingham, Massachusetts. Um, I uh, grew up sucking at school, so uh, I'm sure you know a lot of a lot of art, a lot of artists and designers kind of grew up with you know that hanging over them, where they either didn't didn't do so well or they couldn't focus. But uh, you know, I've heard it from your past guest, playing fanboy right now. I've heard it from your past guest that a lot of them have you know, growing up, not doing so well at school because they were focusing so much on their art. And I kind of fell from the same creative tree where I'd have a book report and instead of spending so much time on the report, I'd spend hours and hours drawing the cover of the report and then get an F or a D minus on the actual report itself. But I was so damn proud of that cover. So that's kind of how I like went through school, just kind of getting by, um, and when I got to high school, I went to a technical school and Chief Tech out in Framingham, and I took commercial art there. And uh, over the course of three years, I just fell more and more in love with with the with the craft, with uh, kind of that, that tactile approach and that art fosters, and just kind of let that foster inside of me. And just a quick side note, I hate the Denver Broncos for this reason. Uh when I was, I think, like a junior in high school. So I graduated in 97. So I think I was like a sophomore junior in high school. I mean, I'm just going to get this out there. My high school's nickname was the Unicorns. I'll give everyone a second to kind of absorb that. But, yes, it was it was the Unicorns, the Keith Tech Unicorns. Um, so back then, they were, you know, toying with changing the, the logo. And I played football. I played baseball. So I wore the logo whenever I played it. So I was like, son of a bitch, we got a unicorn. And any time we won, the only headline that the paper could read was Unicorns Unleashed, because there was no other intimidating way to express that. So back then, they said, all right, we're going to redesign the logo. And me being commercial art, I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redesign this logo. I'm going to finish my projects early, and I'm going to start drawing. I drew a horse head with the, the head actually streaming back to the neck, the hair flowing steam coming out of the noses and a horn streaming forward the next year or it was even next year like within the next two years the denver broncos came out with that same logo minus the horn minus the steam coming out of the nose so i will always hate the broncos i don't care who they're playing i don't care if they somehow face the yankees i'll still hate the broncos more always so that's just a little side story for for, for yeah. a while, I'll never, I'll never get over that. Okay? Yeah, I can kind of tell. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, yeah, hasn't. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm punching the air right now, AJ. I really am. Um, proud, <laughs> Jim. The proud, that? the proud unicorn. There he is, everybody. The proud unicorn. Yeah. So uh, they've since changed the name to the Broncos. So they, they sold out. But I still love them. I still love my uniforms. But um, so yeah. So I went to, I went to Keith Tech. I took commercial art. I absolutely loved it. Uh, my goal was to leave there, go to college, get a degree in, in design, and start working at an ad agency. And I found out that getting C's and D's in high school doesn't really expose you to uh, college admiss- admissions. So I said, "All right, well, I don't want to, I don't want to do student loans. I don't want to go into debt. Uh, so how am I going to do this?" And 
in the back of my mind, I've always had this, I always had this kind of itch that I wanted to do something more. And so I was like, well, why don't I put those two together? So I joined the military, joined the military to not only pay for college, but also to kind of serve my country to kind of give back. And so, uh, I served three years in the army. I went to Kuwait. Um, I spent all three years down in Fort Stewart, Georgia, where, uh, I was exposed to Savannah, uh, the most beautiful city in the South. Uh, I was exposed to the culture down there, how you know, the, the slow pace of life, how nice people are. Like you're walking down the street and I'm, you know, you're, you're from Philly, so I'm sure you can appreciate this, but walking on the street in Boston, you say good morning to someone and you think you're going to be, you know, you, they think you're not going to ask them for something, going to ask them for, for money or for directions to some place they don't give a shit about. But down there in Savannah, people say good morning because they actually mean good morning. And it's just so nice and so, so warm and welcoming. So uh, I, I absorbed a lot of that while I was down there. So I served three years. Then I came up here, I went to college, went to Framingham State, um, took graphic design, uh, graduated from there, and my first job out of college was in Boston for Sam Adams, and that was the last place I expected to work. I actually applied to jobs in all of the major ad agency hubs at the time, which were like New York, um, Atlanta, Chicago, uh, California, um, anywhere but Boston. And I applied to one job in Boston, which was Sam Adams. I ended up getting it, thankfully. Um, and the next 10 years were the greatest learning experience of my entire life. Uh, I'm, I don't mean to take anything away from higher education, but I can't remember a single thing I learned in college because my entire education, I feel like, was at Sam Adams. Being surrounded by accomplished designers, being guided by uh, creative directors and art directors, uh, being exposed to different personalities and, and different kind of creative boxes to jump in and out of, it really just opened my eyes to what was really possible in design outside of you know, what, you know, kind of the cookie cutter um, education that, now I don't need to say cookie cutter education like every school is the same, but you know, the professors have to stay with that box. And uh, thankfully, my professors in college let the students explore that box. But really, once I got to once I got to um, the design world at Sam Adams, that really got pushed. Uh, so I'm so thankful for that. And then uh, I worked there for 10 years designing, uh, designing packaging, designing point of sale, um, and had the absolute time of my life. Uh, free beer. I got two free cases of beer every month. Um, we had tap, tap room, uh, excuse me, uh, taps in the lunchroom. So at like 5 o'clock when you're done with your work, if you're going to work late, go grab yourself a beer. Relax. Enjoy the, the time that you have there. Um, so that was, again, just absolutely amazing. Um, you know, forever and get to the people that I worked with there and the experience that I had. Um, that being said, even in the best of circumstances, change is necessary. So after 10 years, I was just like, I need something different. I don't know. I didn't know what it was, uh, but I just knew I needed something different. I needed to do something more. So I'd always had the itch to teach. I'd always thought like, oh, I, I'd like to teach. I always liked talking with the, 
the um, the junior designers and kind of pull them aside and show them little things too. And likewise, they would show me things. But I always enjoyed that educational aspect of it. And so it's like, all right, I'm going to go into teaching. So I actually got my teaching certificate, left Sam Adams on a Friday, not just walked out, but you know, gave my notice. Um, after the two weeks, I, I left there on a Friday, started teaching on a Monday, and uh, substitute taught, taught art, coached football, did that for about a year and a half. And during that time, I'd probably say about like three to six months in to teaching, I was like, I don't know if this is for me right now. And so I held on to that, to that feeling for a long time because I wanted it to change. I really wanted to change it. I enjoyed working with the students. I enjoyed the other teachers. But I just, something just wasn't right about it. It didn't sit right. Now, I held on to that, like I said, for a year and a half because I was honestly scared to tell my wife that not only did I change careers to become a substitute teacher, but now I want to change careers again, and I don't know what I want to do. I was frightened to death, so I held on to that for a year and a half. Um, during that year and a half, I uh, picked up, uh, you know, some freelance work here and there. Um, I actually got to work with the school that I was working at, uh, and got to, was able to, to rebrand them. Uh, I got to work with a lot of other small businesses uh, where I was living in Weymouth at the time. And it just, the, the business started to grow and grow and grow. Excuse me, the freelance work started to grow and grow and grow. And after a little while, I realized I was putting in more time now than I was working at St. Adams. Because I'd get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, drive to, to teach. After I was done teaching at 2 o'clock, I'd coach football until 5, then drive home have dinner, hang out with my wife, play with the dogs. And then from seven to 11, I was working on freelance stuff. And it was just too much. So one evening, um, we were, we were out at a bar where we're having drinks and my wife, Nicole noticed, she's like, something's up, what's going on. And I couldn't like hide it anymore. I said, I just said, I, I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like it. I don't want to do it anymore. And I've been afraid to tell you. And she just looked at me, and this was just, this was the coolest moment. She just looked at me and said, if money was no object, what would you do? And I kind of like sat back as I had never been asked that before. And I never even thought about it. But the answer came so quick. I was just like, I'd open my own studio. She's like, fuck it, just do that. And I, I was so taken back, so shocked. And like, it was just a surreal moment. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do that. So I gave my notice at the school, and two weeks later, Fat Ass Design was born, and it's been almost four years since that happened, and this is without a doubt the best job I've ever had my entire life. Fuck yeah, man. That was a little long-winded. <laughs> no, I, we, we've really kind of found some common themes, and I think a lot of it is people taking chances in themselves. And I wouldn't say that your story is like of having shitty jobs. I think all those jobs you had were important. And I think it really kind of oh, 100%, yeah. centered, you know, I, I, really, yeah. Found what you wanted to do, who you were, you know, to do things and work for somebody else. You can learn process. You can, you can, like you're saying, learning from others and really having that collaborative oh. effort is really important. But I think it all is a culmination of, you know, that moment. 
And I bet your Absolutely. wife, I bet your wife knew for a while. You know, I mean, she, I mean, our, our, my wife knows more than you know. Maybe I give her credit for her some days, and she knows how much joy this brings me. You know, and yeah, so that's and that's a focus of what we're us. trying to do. Yeah, they read us. They know. Yeah, and I mean, it's I I wouldn't change a single thing because it led me to where I am. Like I would not change, and you know, I I loved it at Sam. I I I liked teaching. I love the kids. I, I love the people that I work with. I liked teaching, and but every experience led me to right here being on the you know on the podcast with you. So I I wouldn't change. A single failure that I've had or a single success, a single trip up, nothing, because it, it, you know, it got me to this point. So um, I look forward to all those, you know, all those changing directions, all those evolutions, all the ups and downs, the successes, the failures. I, I look forward to it. And I think you have to when you're, when you're, you know, it's like doing what you're doing. You have to know that there's going to be times when, you know, Maybe maybe it's this maybe it's this episode right now where you're like shit that didn't go well, and you have to. It's fucking going terrible. This is really bad. Yeah, I'm struggling here. (laughs) (laughs) Like one, like one. No, but you're like you're like okay, this one didn't go right. What can I learn from? And that's just what I try to do in every single experience. Is what did I learn from that? What can I do different? And I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep screwing up. It's gonna keep happening. But as long as I learn from it feel like i i want yeah i think yeah the willingness to to take the chance and you know bet on yourself is really it's really admirable i mean, I, I have a lot of respect and admiration for i mean you're also you know because you're a small business owner you know we use our uh our, our fun entrepreneur it hasn't really taken off but we're still going to keep trying to use it but it's just really nice to <laughs> to see people have that passion for whatever it is and not just in this industry you know even just walking to you know walking down the street or, you know, being at a market and whatever, it's just kind of seeing the, you know, the really early stages of, of that process or that belief in oneself. And yeah, like, like you're saying before the having to wear two hats and, you know, doing the daily grind and then coming home and doing the work that you truly love and allows you to be creative. And you probably many days where you couldn't wait to get home and, you know, get sketching on those ideas that you had. And so it's just really, it's really cool when you look at a big, you know, big picture. Cause I think a lot of times, we don't look at you know we just kind of have this kind of tunnel vision of that moment and you know don't really take a step back and appreciate you know all the all the bumps and bruises that got us here 100 percent. yeah you have to be yet you can't be afraid to fail because it's going to happen if what is it it's like you you can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in your pocket there we go i haven't heard that before yeah write write that down (laughs) but you but you like it's it's, it's funny, and, and success is, is subjective. You know, everyone's version of success is different. One person, it could be to make a million dollars. Another person, it could be to make $30,000 but be able to play softball every Thursday. It, it's completely mm-hmm. subjective. But you can't get there without tripping up every once in a while and learning from that. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I'm, I'm all for it. If, you know, if there's somebody sitting around saying, I wish I could do X because I love doing it. Just do it. Do it. Find, find the time to do it and do it. That just, just go for it. You know, find that little spare time that, you know, you normally be, you know, watching Netflix or you normally be, you know, I don't know, checking your fantasy football, take that time and just do whatever it is you're, you want to do. Uh, it's, it's never too late. 
it's it's seriously not. It's never too late. So just do it. And yeah. you know, yeah, it'll I'm I'm all about that stuff, like all that like not not motivational stuff, but just stuff that's sitting right in front of you that somebody just needs to save you. You know, like I one of my biggest one of the things I hate is like somebody that makes excuses. And I, I get I'm painting it with a broad brush, but be accountable. You know, it's it's on you to to be who you want to be, to do what you want to do. It's on you. And it's, it's you know, you gotta you have to be able to make those choices and steer your life in the right direction. I'm gonna start rambling on about that, but uh, it's 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 on you. It's on you and it can be done. I'm starting to sound like Tony Robbins or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying any fucking fees for your speech right here. So $50, just seeing... $50,000. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we'll, we'll split it. Yeah, if we can get that. If you want to send it to me, and I'll give Jim his cut later. It's in the future. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim, tell us about your kind of uh, how you work. Are you uh, are you a digital only? What are, what are the tools of your trade? What do you, what do you how, how are you working to, to bring these you know, brands and, you know, logos to life, what's kind of, uh, what's in your arsenal? Yeah, that's a good, good question. Um, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm old school. I start pencil to paper with everything. Um, I'm, I, I love that. Uh, makes me feel a little bit closer. I feel like I get to flush out the, the ideas that, that inevitably don't end up working in the end. Um, so I'm, I'm all about thumbnail sketches. Pretty much every project starts with, at least, you know, 20, 25, just quick thumbnail sketches to get, just to get framework down, whether it's, whether I'm doing uh, a label for, for Medusa or if I'm doing a business card for, you know, for a, for a dental office. Um, everything starts with pencil to paper. Um, I'll do the rough sketches. Then from there, I'll go straight into the straight digital. And depending on what I'm working on, it's, you know, I'll start in Illustrator or I'll start Photoshop. And, you know, if it's a book, I'll go into InDesign. But, um, yeah, everything everything starts there. So it's 20 to 25 thumbnail sketches. Uh, then bringing the Illustrator, put together out of those 25, maybe like 10 rough comps. And then slowly whittle those down to maybe, maybe three or four that I feel like are tight enough to uh, put in front of the client and say, hey, you know, what do you think? What do you think of this? and then narrow it down from there. Um, once I, like Medusa is a great example, once I've worked with them a number of times, those, I guess those barriers kind of loosen up a little bit. Like Medusa is a, it's a great example. Um, with with them, uh, Keith Sullivan, or Sully is, is uh, the marketing manager over there, he's one of the owners. And so he'll text me and just say, hey, we have an idea for a new beer, can you talk? I'll jump on the phone and he'll have a name and he'll have a general concept for what it is he's, he's thinking of. Um, like for the beer, um, activate, uh, he, a coffee porter. He said, all right, I'm thinking about this like espresso machine, but it's like got arms and it's just all whacked out on caffeine. It's coffee beans everywhere and it's just out of control. And so I was like, all right, all right, I can do that. And when we first started, there were revisions. There was, all right, let me give options. Let me narrow this down. But once, you know, now we're a little bit further along, um, using Activate as an example, I 
put something together. I put it in front of him. You know, he loved it. It's not always like that. Sometimes it's like, you know, it's that's close, but not quite there. But, uh, you know, a lot of times they'll say, that's great. Let's tweak this and tweak this and then send it to print. Uh, again, it's not always that easy. Uh, a lot of times, uh, like I work with a, a couple other breweries and, um, Sometimes there's some back and forth. Sometimes I swing at this completely, and I have to go back and start from scratch. And that's one of those failures I was talking about. Like, okay, I learned from it. I know they don't like this style, so let's kind of work in their in their base within their branded box and then move out. Uh, but uh, it's you know, every experience is different. Every project is different. Uh, but with as long as I keep the end result in mind that. This is for, you know, this is for the for the brewery to attract that drinker to this beer, to communicate to the drinker what this beer is. Is it a lager? Is it a porter? Is it a New England IPA? Uh, communicate to them what it is, where it's from. Medusa, 603 Brewery, Burks Ale Works. And something on there that really stands out on the shelf is it's tough because everyone wants to stand on the shelf and every beer in its own way stands out on the shelf, but in a way that's going to appeal to their drinker. Um, and I think that's what's most important, is just making sure that, you know, we're creating something that appeals to the drinker um, and is on brand with with the brewery so that they don't alienate their, their core drinker. God, I love to ramble. No, you're yeah, you're a natural. This you're making my life uh, easier. You cross off a couple questions I ask later in the show. So, loving awesome. you. All right, love, now we can talk about you. Yeah, loving you, Jim. No, it's it's really great. So let's. Um And we are back here at the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name hasn't changed. This episode hasn't changed. But hopefully, you're having a damn good time, because we are. We enjoyed sharing this one with you. We enjoyed talking to Jim. He's a natural. I mean, I think folks don't realize that they're... Like, they talk about themselves a little bit more, right? And it's it's not a bad thing. Like, when... If, you, if you're listening to this, right, and we'll give you permission right now, hit pause, right? Just hit pause and just think, just think about whatever you're doing, wherever you are right now, and just think about, just go ten years back and just think about all the crazy shit, or crazy stories, or crazy people. Maybe there's some crazy people in your family, but just that the whole idea of what got you there, and it's you know it's a bunch of experiences and stories upon themselves, and it's just it's really just wild when you really think about yourself in that regards. You know, I do that sometimes when I'm talking to folks. I mean, not in the middle of it. I don't like space out, but just to realize that where we are, you know, this is episode 126, right? And we say all the time, and it sounds like cliche, and it probably is like, oh, shut the fuck up, AJ. But it's really just amazing. And so to meet these folks and people be all over the world, all over the country, and then, you know, Jim's down the road, and he's a fan of the Red Sox who are just playing like garbage this year, but, you know, they have one more... World Series, but, you know, we'll message each other and, you know, and bust chops and really just kind of, you know, building these friendships. And so I think this is a good episode. I think it's just encouraging. You know, he had a great corporate gig. He left out to become a teacher and that just, you know, it sounded good, but it wasn't what he wanted or wasn't who he wanted to be. 
And now he's doing his own thing. And, you know, I think that uh, the leap, man, we love the leap. Sometimes you belly flop. Sometimes, you know, you get a perfect, you know, perfect nine, 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 ten. And, um, you know, that's where we are. So Fat Bassett Design, that's Jim, Jim Dumas. He's uh, he's a vet, so, you know, make sure a little homework assignment. Just if you see a vet, don't be an asshole. Go out of your way. I don't care if you're whatever your fucking party is, whoever you are, go out of your way to say thank you. You can disagree with the war. You can disagree with the reasons why we're in the war. But those are completely separate from these people who are choosing to put their life and their family, you know, in jeopardy, really, you know? Let's be real. Some of these folks don't come home, and that's fucking awful. And you better just, you know, you can hold the door for them. You can say thank you. You can go out of your way. You see them in the food court or the mall or the coffee shop. Go out of your way and say thank you because I didn't serve. And I don't know if I would. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. You know, I wouldn't make say I had shin splints and be a draft dodger. But like, you know, nowadays we don't have to be forced to do that. But it's a, it's a special thing. And so, you know, that's why we wanted to share that with you. And we're really, really proud to, you know, have had Steve and you know have Jim, and uh, hopefully it won't be uh, so many episodes in between our next vet. But um, yeah, don't be an asshole. Just fucking say thank you. Let's get back into it. Episode 126. I didn't mean to get too intense about it, but just just say thank you. Say we appreciate you, and thank you for your service. So you did mention um, Medusa. Uh, what's the story there? How did you team up with them? How did that come to you? How did that, you, you come to be you know working with them? That was completely by a little bit of chance and a little bit of, I guess, just reaching out you know it's this kind of goes back to just you know putting it all out there so when i i first started i i was i admittedly was a little cocky i was like i was like all right i'm gonna you know i'm gonna work with uh these different brands i know branding i worked at sam adams you know, and i i know my shit so i emailed a bunch of a bunch of breweries and got a response back and was like, Oh cool. I got a response back. Let me jump on the phone with this brewery. And I jump on the phone with them. We're talking and I happen to say, you know, I, I, uh, I noticed, you know, I didn't really notice a whole lot of your packaging on the market is, you know, how can, how can uh, I work with you to kind of make that, uh, turn that around. And they said, our packaging has won awards We're we're all over the place. And I just felt like such a goddamn heel. My foot was so far in my mouth. I felt like my head was so far up my own ass. That was a learning, uh, a learning moment. And I realized then and there, I was like, I'm not a sales guy. That's I just can't do it. I wasn't built that way. Um, so I took a step back and was like, instead of just being this, this, this guy that once worked at Sam Adams. How about having a little bit of empathy and kind of realizing, okay, I'm just a designer that's out here trying to help. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to create a need. I'm trying to fill a need. So part of that is just kind of reaching out to anyone, um, even the ones that 
I'd be nervous to reach out to, just reaching out to say, hey, is there a need that I can fill? Can I help? So um, I reached out to the Mass Brewers Guild. I emailed uh, uh, the executive director, Katie Singh, and um, I basically just said, hey, I'm, you know, I don't remember the email exactly. It was a few years ago, but essentially, like, how can I help? What can I do to help? Not what can I do for you? How can I, you know, make every, you know, every brewery in Massachusetts better? It was how can I help? What did it? What can? How can I show up and just help? And through that, I uh, obviously made contact with her. The um, I forget his role at the time. I think he was vice president, but the vice president was Keith Sullivan, the co-owner of Medusa. So. Um, I went out to this bar in Worcester before a Mass Brewers Guild event. I was talking with the bartender, and he said, hey, uh, you know, I was talking with him, told him what I was doing, and he said, oh, you should talk to uh, Sully and Medusa. Uh, he's, you know, they have a really cool brand that's growing and they have amazing beer. And I was drinking Laser Cat, one of their, uh, one of their, one of their beers at the time. I was like, absolutely. So I emailed Sully, and I said, hey, uh, I met this guy, this bartender at a bar, directing me to you. I just want to know, you know how I can help out. Um, you know, if not, best of luck, and hope to see you around Mass Brewers Guild events. Within a few minutes, I got an email back that said, Jim, call me. And it just so happened they were looking for someone to start designing labels right at that moment. So it was just dumb luck and just taking a chance of just asking the dumb questions. And I ended up working with Medusa, and it's been a few few years now, and it's it's really helped me as a designer really explore, I guess, the avenues outside of just straight commercial art, like typesetting and putting it just together in the background. It's, it really got me in touch with a side of me that I feel like I kind of lost touch with working, you know, in an office for so long, and that's putting, you know, pen to paper, actually drawing. Um, not just sketching, but actually drawing things out. Because the labels that we're doing, um, I I love them. I absolutely love them because they're all there. There's something expressive about them. Sure, you know, you look at them and you're like, well, these are just bears holding hands, or you know, this is a guy holding a sword over his head. Uh, they're they're all ridiculous, and I I love them for that. But it helps him kind of get that. I don't want to say child that, you know, I mean, I don't know that we're digging deeper here, I say, but um, it definitely, it definitely helped kind of express that side of me that hadn't been expressed in a while. And that's actually drawing as well as just sketching. Yeah. I, yeah, I hope you tipped that bartender pretty good. They hooked, that was a nice, oh, right, I did, yeah. <laughs> right place, right oh, time. I and I think, yeah, I think that's kind of, uh, I think networking is one aspect and, of every you know everything that's that's not easy to do especially you know oh, and like i think that you know before we go we record with the artists each week and our guests you know we kind of that that period before is more just to make people feel comfortable because a lot of times artists and designers that's how they talk with their create you know their creativeness and so it's mm-hmm. nowadays it's on you know it, it can be hard for folks but yeah you, you really have to be able to speak and represent your your brand and your in your craft not just with your pen or your your mouse and so i think that's really and you have to be it's a, a little bit of it you know it's it sucks to hear it but sometimes you've got to be in the right place at the right time you I know mean, it's like a small oh, percentage of it yeah. but it's 
yeah. you know, really, you know, if you hadn't uh, had to eat some humble pie and kind of, you know, feel like you, I, uh, I wouldn't have learned a thing. Right, exactly. You know, it was like it, shit. Yeah. I, f- I fucked up, and the most people could, you know, you could have gone two ways. You could have been like, screw them, or you could, you know, you could have like take a step back and put things in perspective, and you made the right choice, and you know, and here we are today. I really like the yeah. labels at Medusa because they are there is a a fun aspect to it of it. It's kind of it does have a you know big kid vibe to it. You know a lot of the characters that you're creating over there really you know represent their their brand really well and that the energy they're trying to to, to put out there. And I think that's really cool. I mean the most recent oh, one you. I'm a huge fan of the soft uh, the soft machine with the you know the I don't know what the hell those are called. It's not a <laughs> unicycle, but it's like that kind of you know clowny you know old school 1940s black and white pictured wheel with the tiny wheel i mean is that a bicycle is that what they're technically called i don't know it's ridiculous i I don't know it's like it's it's definitely like uh i'll just call it weird when we were talking about that label it's so ridiculous I, i love that um we were talking about building that we had we started from what do you like we was sully and i on the phone together we're basically like so what do you want to do I don't know. What do you want to do? And that just kind of came together by him and I saying, what if we did this? Well, what if we then did this? Well, okay. But then what if we did that? We're just kind of like adding on to these things. Like at first it was a bear and then it was a bear riding that unicycle. I can't remember what it's called. And then it was, well, let's put him in a suit. Well, let's give him a top hat. Well, let's put a slingshot in his pocket. Why? I don't know. Because it's ridiculous. Because it's funny. Because it doesn't have to, mean anything it just has to be it just has to be that's it it just has to be and it's there's just something fun loving about it um it's it doesn't have to be you know anything really deep or or meaningful it sometimes it can just be fun just for fun's sake yeah yeah it's a a good problem to have right i think it's i think it's good yeah yeah Yeah, i I think that uh and it's cool that they trust you to bring that vision to life and that, you're, that you have that rapport where you're just riffing off of ideas and, you know, bringing it to life, which is, you know, I think that's, it just shows the evolution of the, of the branding together and, and the trust that you have now yeah. in, in that same vein, how much, how much time do you have? What's the, what's the project like life cycle of a, of a label over there? Um, that varies. Um, I don't, there's, there's definitely times where, like they'll call me and say, Hey, you know, I know it's Monday, but we need this by Thursday. Uh, or it's Monday. We need it by Wednesday. And uh, it's, that's fine. I, I love the challenge. Um, I, in, in other times it's, you know, it's a little bit longer, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, but it's, it's, I don't know. I, I kind of thrive under that. You know, when I was a kid, I always did. Now, again, I, I was a CAP student, but, when I got my C's, it was because I waited for the last minute to do my book report or, or study for a test. When I got my D's, it's because I started earlier. So I've always kind of thrived on procrastinating. So um, when they say I have a week, I'll start right away, but I, you really don't get into the meat of it until the end when you're like, the ideas are really firing. And so um, and I know Sully's going to jump all over this when I say, you know, when he gives me like three days, that's when I really like, like all right, let's put some coffee on. And it really get to work, really, really dig in here. Um, but I, it's, you know, it varies. It definitely varies. There's other brands I work with who are like, you know, hey, we'll, we'll give you a month. Um, and that's great. I, I love that. That's perfectly fine. Uh, 
but you know, every every one of them's different. But uh, I'd say you know depending on the label, like the Medusa ones, uh, those ones generally take about ten to twelve hours to do, uh, start to finish. Some a little bit longer, um, a few of them a little less. Uh, like uh, Summer Boy, uh, I don't know if you saw that one, but um, Summer Boy is this action figure in the like in the cart with all these accessories on one side and something like that, that that takes a lot longer, but it's just funny. And it's, it's, you know, it's great to go back and forth with them about and talk about it's fun to put together. It's great to see it at the end and see the smile that it puts on people's faces, see how they react to it. Uh, You know, that's, that's kind of like the best part is seeing the reaction that, you know, the, the brewers have or that the uh, the consumers have. Uh, like, like, you know, going on to the, to the Medusa site when they, they put a, uh, when they put a new style out, put the can out, seeing, you know, the comments for the, you know, for obviously the lion's share of the comments for the beer, but every once in a while there's one for, for the label. And it's, that's, that's like winning an award. That right there is like, I'll light a cigar and, and pour some whiskey. Just for someone going, you know, the label kicks ass. That that's good enough for me. Uh, I I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, and that process, whether it's a week, whether it's a month, whether it's you know a couple days, uh, whatever that that gap of time is to lead up to that point where now the brewery is going to get more consumers, not only because their beer is just kick ass beer. But because people want to either collect the labels or are just drawn to the brand because of the labels, that's that's cool. That, I, I love that. It's it's all for it's all for the brewery. It's all for the for their brand. It's all for the beer. Uh, it's it's just a really cool feeling. Good on you, man. Yeah, and I think it's really cool if you again we didn't uh, you know you go to uh, Fat Bassett Design um, on uh, Instagram and FatBassettDesign dot uh, com. And then uh, obviously you'll trickle down to Medusa Brewing, and you can see where I, I think that when you took over, they early on days they were using more of a, a large badge in front with the Medusa logo, and then the, kind of that sat on top of the design. And I think probably in recent year or years, you know, you've you've brought it to you know you've kind of changed that, and I really, I really like I really like that evolution of their of their branding and their label, and I think it's a it was a good decision. No, yeah, thanks. That that's a testament to them. Seriously, they, you know, they decided they're like, we really want to start exploring, you know, what we can do, what our personality is. They, it's such an eclectic mix over there um, at their brewery, both in the beers that they have um, and in the kind of the the brewery itself, uh, that it needed to be reflected in, you know, in the labels and the things that were an extension of their brand. So when people saw saw their labels or saw their uh, their beers in a liquor store, you know it was a direct connection to the brewery. It wasn't something that was like, "Well, oh, that that looks that doesn't look like what I would think Medusa would be." If you go into their brewery, this is like these labels look like what Medusa is. Just a fun crew, uh, an eclectic crew, uh, people that are just comfortable being in their own skin. They're just happy. They're fulfilled, and they're pouring great beer. Yeah, it's a cool. Like I said, follow along you know, online. You can see them. You know, head their MedusaBrewing.com. 
Medusa Brewing uh, on Instagram. It just seems like a good vibe over there, and I think that um, yeah. you know they're they're smart about the brand. And I think that you know you're helping to represent them and the the energy that they're they're bringing. I th- and I again I. Th- Whoever's decision was that, you know, whatever, I think it was just a smart decision to utilize more of the can um, for the label and not so much the the shield, which it, which it worked. But I just think that to see that, um, to see the willingness to evolve, that is, I think is really smart too. I think sometimes well, folks well, fu- get stuck in no. what they think is a good idea and it, it can't, it, then you see them just ride that t- decision forever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you have to evolve. Yeah, absolutely have to evolve. And the funny thing is that the the initial labels with the big Chevron on them, that was me. That was when we were first starting out, when we were like, all right, we need to put something together. We need like a template label to put together that we can then, you know, put out to market. And it was after we did that, that we're like, okay, we can do more. It doesn't just have to be this. Um, This is some flex of our brand, but it's not who we are. We're a tent. Like it was this is a credit to Sully and everyone over there. I'd have to look back, but I think the first beer we did that was Vicarious, which was where I met, uh, or at least got introduced to Heidi Geist. And so I collaborated with her on that beer. She did the painting, the background, the big eye, and I, you know, humbly and address the rest of the beer, all the legal stuff. But I was able to work with her, and that's when I kind of really got exposed to this little this little community that we have with craft beer designers. Uh, I really opened my eyes to that. Uh, so once we did that, once we did the Karis, we were thinking, okay, there's we can do a whole lot more. This feels like the deuce of planet. So can we explore this? Well, how much further can we can we push the envelope here? So you, I mean, I think working at Sam Adams, you already had a pretty great background with packaged goods. So I think that's been really a great uh, tool for your arsenal. So I think that's really nice to see. And again, if you go to fatbassetdesign.com, you can see some of the, you know, his portfolio. It's really vast work that, you know, he's doing, you know, some of the early work that you did with Sam, you know, but it's really just kind of uh, all over the spectrum, which is really cool to see. And um, there's a good story there about, you know, the the question that you have to ask is, you know, where the fat... Uh, Bassett come from yeah. Bassett Hound, and it's from you know uh, one of your, your your dogs, rest in peace, Josie, and um, yeah. it just uh, thank you. Yeah, and we were you know talking earlier. You know, I know that uh, Stan, your your dog's going through some stuff now, and we're hoping for a speedy recovery. So it's just really nice. Um, one of the things I have noticed is that you do have a real uh, passion for you know dogs and you know adoptions, and so that's really uh, yeah. cool to kind of just comes full circle with the the name of your business. Hundred percent, yeah. Uh, so I mean, Josie was the was the namesake. She was an actual asset. Uh, she was huge. She was awesome. She was she, when you know when we got a dog. I didn't even want a dog, uh, but once we got her, I was wrapped right around her paw. And it's she gave so much to us that it was natural that when I started going down this path, uh, I wanted to give something back in some way so um i I think all of us have this opportunity in one way shape or form you're doing it right now and i'm way i can do it is by promoting dogs that need to be adopted so i just 
kind of once a month, what I do is I run this thing called the Pestless Buddy Project, which is just an extension of the idea of it is just to help find um, help find loving homes for animals and shelters. So every month we short bio of an animal in need of a home, contact information for the shelter, then we take that info and we purchase ads on social media to promote the animal with the goal of so, you know, we, as a designer, you know, the goal is to challenge a small business owner to see different graphic design. But as a, as a person, um, you know, I'm not sure. That makes it more horny, but I don't give a shit. Uh, it's just a way to be a good person to get back. So, uh, yeah, every month, post the dog, uh, sometimes a cat, you know, one time there were two and gerbils, um, and some, sometimes the shelter will get back to us, sometimes they won't miss that one. But uh, so far, out of a log right now, uh, out of all the ones that we've been able to adopt, uh, so far this year, we've promoted, uh, we've been able to promote uh, for five different animals, five different shelters around the fifth one right now. So far, three of them have been adopted and one unfortunately passed away while waiting for a, for a home. Uh, so, you know, I think that's pretty, I think one out of five is great. Um, in fact, three out of five is awesome. Last year, I think we, uh, 12 months, we found homes for 10 of, 10 of the animals. And I should, I, I say we very selfishly. No, it's because of this like project and I don't give a shit. It's the fact that the dog found a home. That's the end mm. result. So whether it's through this, or through somebody just walking into a shelter and saying, you know what, I want to give, I want to give a, you know, a shelter dog a good home. Uh, that, that's, that's all that really matters. Like it's, it's the, the phone call or the email that I got that says, you know, this dog has been adopted, this cat's been adopted, that I'm excited about. I never ask if it's because of the Best Party Project. Again, I don't give a shit. It's mm-hmm. about finding all for these dogs. That's, that's the coolest thing. Well, I think it's uh, it's admirable, and yeah, you said you, you're not doing it. You're doing you're not doing it for the the glory. You're just doing it to make an impact, and I think that just you know, just is more of a, a life mantra. If more folks you know did that, you know, I think we'd be uh, we'd be in a bit we'd be in a better place. You know, to think outside of oneself, but that could be a whole well, other. That could be a whole other yeah, whole other part. Po- yeah, right. I could get into some heavy shit, and I don't know if we're yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll see where we go with that. So, um, yeah. one one more one more for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's kind of uh, what's the soundtrack like? What are you what are you listening to when you're creating? What's what's rocking over at the at Fat Bassett? You know, and uh, uh, yeah. So, so I mean, AJ, as you know, I, I listen to your, to your podcast all the time, and whenever you ask this question, I'm always like, "Shit, what am I going to say?" Yeah, because I feel like I feel like I'm the out of all the designers you work with i feel like i'm the i'm the one that's so like as, as far as the year for music i'm so untrained if you're like hey what sports do you watch or, or you know players or anything, i go on all day but music i i seriously i all over the place i'm on spotify and just let it go um uh, as far as itunes uh, i'll put something on all over the place i listen to like bb king uh, i listen to like Jay Z, Dan Allen, Rolling Stones, uh, Kenny Chesney, Elton John, 
uh, I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan, and I'll throw this out there completely admit it because all my friends are already up. I'm a big Poison fan. Jesus. All right. Well, we'll, we've already talked for an hour. We've already got along fine, so I can't hold against you. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. All right. We're going to go now. No, I'm just, but, um, yeah, no, I saw BB King. I've seen him a couple of times. I saw him one time he played with Fish one night and it was great. It was kind of, it was like they brought him out. Yeah. And I I think if you look back at the tape, we were, because we were sitting behind the stage and you could tell they were excited to play with him, but I don't think. They thought like they didn't know how to get him off the stage. Like I think they only had planned for him to play one or two songs, and like he just wasn't getting up. And so they were like, "Okay." Oh, really? And he played like an he played almost like the full first set with them, and it was just kind of like, "Okay, let's see what else we can do here." Like because he, yeah, BB's, I did. I did not leaving. Off the stage. Right? Yeah. I mean, Bruce has played with them. Yeah. They they actually of the three of them you mentioned, Jay Z's played with Fish, Bruce Springsteen's played with Fish, and so has BB King. So. Oh little, wow! Little fun facts that's for you. An, that's an eclectic that's a great yeah, we right saw there. Jay. Yeah, we saw him with Jay Z. It was in it was in Coney Island. I th- I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I didn't see the Bruce Springsteen. Wow. That was at Bonnaroo. But uh, I'm not a huge Bruce guy, so we can agree to disagree there. I I, I, I can I get it. You're you're I don't, too close to home, aren't you? I, no, well, I'm not a Jersey guy. So I don't even. Well, it's not. Well, Phil, Phil's yeah. right there. No, I don't dislike. I don't dislike him. I really have a lot of respect for him, and especially I used to manage a Jersey band. But like, I just haven't had that connection moment, and that's really important for me. Like where I'm listening, and so. Like I've seen, he plays for you know. I'd go see him in concert, you know, and if he tours again and what have you. And I know he rocks out for like three, three and a half hours straight. And when I managed a band from New Jersey, much the Scarecrow Collection, woohoo! Uh, they were playing a show in Virginia <laughs> Beach, and Big Man, um, you know, rest in peace, Clarence Clemens. He was down there to be inducted into, I think, the Virginia Beach Hall of Fame or something, and. Yeah. It was our southern tour, and I missed the first. I was going to meet the band in Richmond, and I didn't go to Virginia Beach. And long story longer, he was there with his family, and they just stopped in the club the guys were playing and, you know, was digging someone what they were playing. And at set break, his nephew, I believe, who now I think is in the E Street Band, um, was like, can me and my uncle jam with you guys? And they're like, oh, like you get a lot of drunken people or fools being like, can I play with a band or I have a guitar? And yeah. And so they were kind of like, what? And he like points over and they're like, they're from New Jersey. And they're like, that's fucking Clarence Clemens. Like, holy shit. And so he jammed with them for the whole, yeah, the whole second set of the show. And was, yeah. And like, and they called me at home after the gig and I was like, the big man, you know, and I'm like, oh, and like, I literally am like looking it up online while they're talking. Cause I'm like, I'm not like. And my buddy Nick, he's you know still one of my best friends, uh, was like, "You don't know who I'm talking about, do you?" I'm like, "Oh, I know who you're talking about, man, Clarence Clemens." <laughs> like it just loaded up just in time for me to like act like I knew what I was talking about. But he's like, "You're not really as excited about this as we are." I was like, "Oh no, it's really cool, yeah." So yeah, there's some, some cool pictures and stuff. But yeah, they were yeah, that was my six degrees of separation from Bruce, and he's on uh, Mark Marin's podcast. We don't promote other people, but he, that's a good that's a good interview with him on there. I really dig that one too. On Mark, on Mark Marin's podcast, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll check that yeah, out. he goes. I, yeah, he goes. To yeah, he goes to Bruce's uh, house. Podcast. Yeah, he goes to Bruce's house, and it's really cool. He, Bruce, you know, they, they get along pretty well, and he also interviews. Yeah, I, I, I like what he does with musicians because Mark's a musician, and he does. Uh, Derek Trucks is a really good one, and uh, also Ryan Adams is. He's a weird dude, but it's a good one. Ryan Adams, but but uh, like Mark Marin, he's a he's a very like laid back, easy guy. Like I feel like I could just have a beer with him and just. Randomly to talk about nothing for hours. 
Yeah, I think he's sober now, so I don't think. But I think he's. Uh, but yeah, I definitely feel like. Well, he, damn it, AJ. You know what? I was just saying. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to kill that for you. But I'm pretty sure. I think he. Maybe he smokes pot. I'm not sure, but I think he's. I think he. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. You can still. You can still hang out. With, you can still hang out with him. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, exactly. I, he can hang out with me. It's fine. He can yeah. hang out with me. Yeah. He's not like. He, yeah. He doesn't <laughs> have to be yeah sober only experience, but. Well, well, Jim, I want to uh, I want to thank you. I'm really glad we got to do this. Um, we will have those yeah, beers. In, we will have those beers in 3D. That's a, that's a guarantee. So I look forward to that. And uh, just want to you know, again, thank you for your service. But I want to also thank you just for being thank a huge you. supporter of the project. We we really appreciate it, and it's uh, it's encouragement like that that keeps us kind of trying to one up one up what we're doing each you know each month or and see what we can do next. Absolutely, you're on a great streak, so keep doing that. You're doing great, AJ. And thank you again for the opportunity. This is awesome. And um, yes, we have to do the we have to do um, Sox game. So yeah, the season's almost over. I don't think our teams are making the playoffs. So you know, and no, see, you, speaking of sports, what what are your teams? Just so I can hate you a little bit more. What is it? Are you Patriots, right? You must be a Patriots fan. Patriots, Patriots. Oh, and see, God. this is where I usually gloat. I really can't with you for an I, 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 I mean, that. let's be honest. I have one Super Bowl in 40 years, and so, I mean, that's like, I'm pretty, you know, and my wife's a Giants fan, so they, they beat you guys in the Super Bowls, too, oh, but, so, so but I'd still take, I'd still take, like, the six Super Bowls, and then, yeah, my buddy's got a kid, he's, like, 12 or 13, I think, like, in his lifetime as a Boston sports fan, is like, it's just disgusting. Like, oh, he's ruined. Yeah. He's ruined. No. No, that's not fair. See, I, I, like, I'm a big Celtics, Red Sox, and... Patriots fan, and I've been through the highs and lows of all of them. So anyone who's been aware of sports since 2000, you're, you're spoiled, and you're in for a lot of heartbreak soon. But so so just enjoy the ride right now because it's going pretty good. But just be ready. Yeah, I'm, just, ready. I'm yeah. I mean, people are like, "What do you think about the Eagles? And what do you how they're going to do again?" I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to watch every game, and they're going to break my heart probably. I'm like, but I'm I'm happy with my one. Like, I got Super Bowl Fifty Two, and like, I'm good. You know, you got one. I cried, yeah, and like, fun. yeah, I took my son to the parade. I took my son to the parade. Like, I'm oh, pretty, nice. I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not greedy at all. The Phillies won it in 08. The Eagles won it in eighteen. Like, if I have to wait one every ten years, like, it's not ideal. But like, I could. That's, I'm pretty happy with that. The worst thing to do is to get used to it. That's the no. worst thing to do because, you know, like, I didn't, again, I mean, I didn't believe really they were going to win that game. I didn't believe they were going to win that game. I like, I, I thought Nobody Brady was going to score. Like, I was like, all right, well, we're going to get, this is going to rip my heart out even worse. Like, I'm like, this is going to go mm-hmm. awfully. And so, yeah, I still. Nobody did. Yeah, I, when the Phillies won the World Series, I went to the parade. Again, the theme, I like to go to the parade. And I bought this World Series plastic cup. It's a 2008 World Series. It was this huge, like, 32 ounce, ridiculous size cup. <laughs> and every time I would watch it, it would fade. And I really love Back to the Future. So I thought it was going to be like Back to the Future, where if this disappeared, it was like ne- it was going to be real. And I was going to wake up and like and it never happened. <laughs> so I stopped watching that thing. I started doing it by hand because I was like, I cannot. I was like, you cannot take that away from me. I'm like, I saw what don't, it did to Michael J. Fox. Cow. Yeah. I'm a don't simple man. That. You're gonna, no, don't. Watch out. You're going to end up You're gonna end up fading away if that that icon goes away. That's all right. Then this episode will fade away, and then no one's going to hear all the all your wonderful silence, Jim. So you better hope that doesn't happen. No one's gonna, no one's gonna, no one's gonna hear it. <laughs> just we're all just gonna fade away. All That's right. It. I'm getting my Delorean right now. Well, let's swing by. We got those beers, and we'll, get, we'll go back, <laughs> and no one will know I, I had uh, three scotches in the middle of the day. So it'll be good. You are. You're my hero. Let me just let me just throw that out there. <laughs> All right, we're making that into a T-shirt, everybody. I'm gonna isolate that soundbite. That came out pretty clear, so we'll be good on that one. Three, three 
every scotch is you're my hero oh there's no way i could do that no i did it once with a scotsman and i never never, yeah i never recovered from it but it was um yeah there's no way i could do three scotches over a weekend let alone one sitting i can barely say three scotches about yeah it makes you just think yeah scotchy scotch scotch makes you think of anchorman (laughs) (laughs) i love scotch all right my friend i look forward to it in person and uh you know thank you again and uh we'll be seeing you soon yeah, absolutely. We'll keep in touch, man. Thank right, you Thanks, again. Jim. All right, talk to you soon. All right, bye. And there you have it, folks. The essential Jim Dumas interview fat basset designs every time i was saying that i was afraid when i was listening back it sounded like i was saying fat bastard designs and i felt kind of bad <clears throat> not really for me more so for jim that i was just fucking up his business's name but no no i love will not fade away <clears throat> but yeah i really enjoyed talking to jim it was nice because he and i have kind of been like virtual pen pals uh, for a long time he's been a big supporter of the project and it's I don't know it's really nice and it's flattering when, when you see people who are, who are out there doing it and they think that what we're doing is cool and so it was just nice to kind of hear his story his perspective of just kind of going for it you know the the love and support of his wife who kind of just virtually probably wanted to smack him in the head and be like why are you fucking miserable doing this and he went for it and that's, I don't know, I love that. Um, you know, I would argue that I probably could use a little more of that. I could definitely use a double shot of, you know, kind of go for it. And uh, as I sit back here with a sipper. But it's just, um, it's hard, you know. I have a uh, you know, corporate gig, which I really have no major gripes with. And so the idea of just kind of uh, putting, all, putting all out there and just kind of going for it, jumping off the bridge, you know, for that, that bungee jump, so to speak, you know. Uh, nothing nothing dark there but it's just uh yeah it's hard and so we're really inspired every week to you know to to do that we're inspired when we talk to different folks about how they got there their path and hopefully that inspires you and we know that folks listening aren't all designers and so it's really cool that you can take inspiration from all you know, all the different things and here's a little here's something fun so, you know, we mentioned it before, we mentioned again, you know, the 16-ounce Doodle or Die, September Doodle or Die with Robbie Davis, uh, our good friend against the grain. But just just give it a shot. Check it out. You know, this episode airs on Friday and, you know, right before uh, the 1st of September. Look at the words that we have and just get a pencil out, take a half hour a day or maybe, you know, one of, my, one of our guys, Steve Ramon, used to do it at lunchtime. He was a machine last time he did. He would do two sketches a day. So it was just like, hey, man. It was basically him just like virtually telling you to fuck off. Like, I'm super talented. But he probably wasn't, um, you know, as self-aware back then of what a, what a great talent he is. But anyway, um, yeah, if you're, in, if you're digging this podcast and you're digging what we're doing, Go to your local, you know, whatever, AM, PM, whatever, and buy yourself a notepad, maybe some pencils or whatever, a, a, you know, a different, a, you know, a nicer pen that you don't normally use. And just take, like a, you know, 15 minutes, a half hour every day 
on that word, and it's really fun. I'm not really that talented, but it was just very therapeutic to just, like, to let go and to share that experience, and we had so many great people before, and so I'm just really excited to see where things go with that. So remember, 16-ounce canvas, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 16oz.com backslash store get yourself some glasses and then head over to the art of tickets are starting to fly so we're really excited about that uh, the glasses are going to be dope we've got really some you know awesome t-shirts and just you know some wonderful musicians artists who are going to be there you know will and i are curating some cool shit and just really 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 yes really excited for the art of craft beer hubbub the art of craft beer.com hey if you go, please, please, please make sure you say hello. Make sure you introduce yourself. Put yourself into it. Volunteer yourself. Be a part of the community. We love to have you, and we love you. So until next week, this has been the 16-ounce canvas, the essential Jim Dumas interview, Fat Bassett design, not to be confused with Fat Bastard design, which is down in Jersey City. But no, in all seriousness, it was just a really great interview. We have a lot in common. We, you know, share a certain level of sarcasm. And uh, we look forward to crushing a few in person. And hopefully we can do that with you in Maine. Don't be a stranger.
Amém. 